Hi, this is Jenny. I'm the CMO of Tinder. This time turns out I didn't even need an introduction. And now you know our guest on this week's episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and if you've participated in the digital dating culture, at least here in the U.S., you've definitely heard of and probably used Tinder. I'm talking with Jenny Campbell today about what she has been doing to foster the brand over the last 12 months, both in areas where digital dating is prominent and also in areas where it's just getting started. We also talk about some of the different experiences Tinder is bringing to light, including October's Swipe Night, which was interesting in that it was a way in which people were connecting and starting relationships through an environment depicting the end of times. We also talk about diversity and inclusion, what makes Tinder an authentic brand, and what Jenny is looking forward to in the next year. And I can't wait for you to hear all of it, and I'll step away now and let you do so. So without further ado, from Tinder, this is Jenny Campbell. All right, everybody, I'm here with Jenny Campbell from Tinder. Jenny, thanks so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you, Adam. It's fun to be on this. I can't wait to get into everything going on with Tinder, especially some of the more recent experiences uh, that are available on the app. But I want to start by rolling the clocks back a little bit and, and talking about your journey to get here. You've been at Tinder for roughly a year, correct? That's right. Just a little bit over. And so how's it been leading the charge over the last 12 months? I know Tinder has done a bunch of great things, but how's that journey been for you? Oh, it's been really fun. I think uh, you don't always know um, kind of what an experience is going to be in actuality until you're in it. And I know for myself before I took this job, like I was so fascinated with Tinder as a youth culture brand. I love working on youth culture brands. I've worked on Nike for many, many years. The idea of getting to work on this global phenomena of Tinder, which is so built into the cultural vernacular. It's so it's pretty much changed the way young people meet. I was super excited. And I think what's interesting is to take that excitement and then you get into the job, you're like, okay, like show me everything. Let's like really start to unpack this. And it's just been a really interesting ride. Just there's so much to do on a brand like this, because to your point earlier, like from a global perspective, there are markets where we are launching Tinder really for the first time where the dating culture is really nascent and you're really introducing people to what it is to be on a digital dating experience to markets like the US and the UK and Australia where this is now the way young people meet. So, so much of the marketing challenges are much more robust and nuanced than I think anybody kind of understands because looking at it from the outside, just because when you get into these things, um, how you market is so different across the different countries and the regions. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm sure it has. Let's start there then, because um, outside of those more highly established uh, nations in terms of the dating culture, you've rightly mentioned the US, the UK, Australia, folks like that. How are you marketing in those? Let's start with emerging uh, areas of the world where, um, and, and, I would like you to clarify, is it because the, the, the digital dating culture is not there or is it just because Tinder is not there? But broadly, uh, how are you bringing this to market in those places? Yeah, well, Tinder is in almost every country in the world. It's in over 190 countries. I believe it's been translated into over 40 languages. So it really is global. Now, we don't market in all those um, all those countries. We, we choose ones where we feel like we're going to make the most impact. And what we do when we think about the markets that we want to go into is we do look at, you know, what is dating culture like there? Is it established? Is it nascent in some of the markets, you know, like South Korea, 
dating doesn't happen till later in your 20s, whereas in a market like the US, it happens much younger. Um, or there's just not, there's not an idea like India is coming on board with some things, but there's not as much of an idea of dating in general. And so when you're thinking about marketing and these things, you're looking at number one, what's the dating culture like? You're also looking at just like tech adoption, like is the idea of actually coming into an app like Tinder and meeting people in a digital space, is that feel comfortable? Is that normal? Um, and then just pure awareness of Tinder. So when you think of a emerging markets for us, we do a lot more um, education type work around just like, hey, what is Tinder? What is this? You know, what does it mean today? How do you match? What's the benefits there? And we use a lot more traditional um, marketing tactics is what I would say, because you're in a lot of ways, you're raising awareness, you're trying to help people understand this is Tinder and this is what it is. So you'll see us much more in those markets doing things like outdoor, doing a lot of things with influencers, doing things on TV a lot of times too, whereas you might not in a more mature market where you're kind of, you tend to lean in more to experiential types of marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I wouldn't even have thought about. Now, when you say outdoor, and this is because I probably haven't seen this in a more developing nation with regard to what Tinder's doing, but do you mean that I could possibly be driving down the road and see a billboard that says join Tinder on it? <laughs> yeah, we do actually a lot of outdoor. You know, it's fun. Tinder's such a um, a fun social brand that you can do a lot of just emotive things on outdoor, which get across the idea of meeting people and social experiences and really like what Tinder enables. Um, and then just one of the things I feel really proud of over the last year is I feel like we've crafted a really consistent um, brand look and feel no matter where you are really around the world. So you see this, I think, really beautiful, what I would call jewel tones to the brand that come through that just make it feel very sophisticated and fun. And that's a that's a nice way to use outdoor when you can be really visual like that. Let's shift a little bit from those places in which you are introducing Tinder and in some cases introducing the digital dating culture to those geographies and to talk about some of those more established areas. Um, I would imagine North America broadly, um, you know, we said UK and Australia before, but specifically what I want to ask there is that, you know, the culture there is changing all the time and, and, and dating culture digitally has been, uh, it's been here for years. And so I'm wondering what Tinder does to stay on top of that. Uh, a lot of folks on this show talk about how they're, you know, staying in the center of culture. I think some accomplish it better than others. And in your case, I imagine it happens faster than in other industries because uh, this is a business which is just built on that raw sort of emotion, which which perhaps changes more quickly than anything. So I'm curious in some of the ways in which you are able to proactively harness that and use it to tailor the way that Tinder is marketing itself in more developed geographies. Yeah, you're so right. Youth culture is constantly changing and you have to be, you have to be so deep in it, <laughs> which requires just, um, it requires an intentionality. I think you're right. A lot of marketers, we, we like to say that we're in it, but you really have to be living and breathing it. Um, for us, we have a couple advantages. If you think about Tinder, it was started in 2012 and it was started on a college campus. And for us, our college arm is so robust at this point. We do a lot of work with college on colleges. So we actually even have our own Tinder product called Tinder U, which you have to have a college email address to use. And then you're able to actually match with other people who are just on your college campus versus the, the broader Tinder universe. And even just having that connection into college, we have college ambassadors, 
you know, um, we're really deep into the things that are happening on college really help us incubate a lot of ideas. It also Tinder U allows us to do a lot of testing because it's just a smaller subset of Tinder. So a lot of the things that you see out in the world in larger Tinder, like we can talk about swipe night in a little bit, really came out of things that we may have learned through Tinder U, which is things if you think about for us, Tinder is all about obsessing, you know, when are the times when young people want to meet and connect? And then how do we as a brand really help and enable that? So when you think about a college experience, college is a, a huge time frame when people are like, yes, I want to meet people. I am new to this school. I am ready to go out and meet the, my best friends and yep. get to know people. So if you think about university, like spring break is a huge time uh, in that life and a cultural moment. So we started testing things around, hey, um, what if you could put a badge on your profile that said, I'm going to Cabo for spring break. And then before you went, you could meet with other people and meet and match with other people who are going to Cabo, that kind of like connection and shared context was really interesting. It got taken up, which then led us into like, hey, maybe for larger Tinder, we should do something around music festivals. We know that is another time when like young people, it's summertime, it's so fun. They, it's such a social experience. Like how do we help people who are going to Bonnaroo meet up with other people who are going to Bonnaroo? And we took that badging system into larger Tinder to kind of give that shared context. And and now we're at a situation where we've had something like swipe night, but all this stuff kind of comes from like being super, super deep into the college experience. And I think that helps us a ton and gives us a leg up. Yeah, I would imagine that it does. And of course, um, you know, I was in college when uh, that was when, you know, 2012 when, when Tinder was founded and it just, it absolutely blew up. And, um, you know, I'm sure that that is still um, like the, the breeding ground for a whole lot of the data that you're using to to shift tactics and to do new things. And I want to talk about some of those tactics in just a little bit. We talked about Swipe Night. That's one of the most recent things that's been going on. But before we get into the tactics, I want to ask one more question on sort of an umbrella basis. And that is when you think about authenticity, and we talk a lot about, about this on this show, it's part of the title, but I, I want to maybe learn from you either on a values basis or tenets that you hold as you lead the team going forward how do you and how does the collective you at Tinder try to be that authentic brand? How do you work to foster those authentic relationships, no matter how and tactically, through your platform? How do you do that? Yeah, there's a couple ways. It's a great question because there's so many aspects to this, right? There's not just one answer to it. Um, I'll start kind of piecing it apart. Um, in my mind, it, you have to have a really clear mission to start with because everything kind of hangs off that and falls off of it. So for us at Tinder, we are constantly saying like, our job is to help young people connect with each other. So, and I know that sounds really overly simple, but it helps because as long as you're like, our job here is to help, help people connect. So much of we, what we do from a marketing standpoint becomes less of um, advertising, so to speak. If you could see me, I'm doing air quotes and more of like, all right, how do you create these shared experiences where people can come together and and meet in real life, or it's going to help them to the conversation we were just having about universities, be able to meet other people. And so there's an authenticity there. And like your goal is really in a helping mode versus in a selling mode. And I would say just from a pure, like thinking about our values, I think thinking about what is really true to Tinder, like Tinder in its core is, I think the largest, most diverse dating app out there, just because the way the product is designed, there's actually not that many filters. If you think about it, you can't go and do this long laundry list of checklists to be like, I want to meet someone who's like this and like this and like this. And 
kind of find someone who's exactly like me. <laughs> but um, what you kind of end up doing is you end up really meeting with so many different types of people. And I think our ability to then really speak authentically on behalf of issues around diversity and LGBTQ rights and the right to love who you want to love become very easy because we as a, a platform itself really enable that. So those are, I would say, two of the things that help keep us as our guiding star and really staying authentic. And I do want to talk a little bit about that that diversity and inclusion aspect in just a little bit. But let's dive into some of those tactics that we were just discussing. And whether it be Tinder U and some of the things therein, to this most recent initiative, which I'll prompt with this, Tinder has been known, of course, for uh, as a primary way to connect with new people and begin new relationships. It's very much a starter, and perhaps that's where Tinder came from as a name. So mm. why then as a brand, And because uh, I'm sure this theme, it's very popular, obviously, in the month of October when we're recording this, why would Tinder focus on the end of times as a way to promote starting new relationships? I'm curious about it. But tell me a little bit about Swipe Night first uh, from that sort of 50,000 foot view. I love that question. That's so funny. Okay, I will answer that one next. But let's talk about what Swipe Night is. So Swipe Night is um, an interactive experience. We call it an adventure, an interactive adventure where your choices lead to matches. And what that really means is on Sunday nights in October, from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can come in and we've created this interactive film, this story, where you come into Tinder and you start making choices by swiping left or right using the Tinder motions. And as you're making these choices, we really tried to make these choices say something about you. Like, are you the type of person that would tell your friend that her boyfriend's cheating on her? Would you choose a puppy or would you save the girl? Like, who, who would you save in these situations? And then when you get to the end of the story, it's about a five-minute experience. You then have three of those critical choices put on your profile, your Tinder profile, and then you go in and you match with other people who have done this swipe night experience with the goal of, like, you've now come through the shared experience. You've got things that say something about you on your profile, which will hopefully lead you into having more conversations and more things to talk about because we all know how difficult it is sometimes to break the ice with someone and to have things to jump off on. Hopefully that leads to better conversations and more matches in the end. So that's really interesting, first of all, because you have this interactive journey that is not only something that you can do on Tinder, which is outside of the typical experience of swiping left or right on a person. Instead, of you're, you're doing it on certain decisions and then you're being matched with this sort of pool of folks who who chose similarly to you. So, so a brand new sort of innovative way to, to start new things again, even though it is sort of uh, apocalyptic in nature. Um, so let me start with this. Obviously, uh, Gen Z is very uh, important when it comes to sort of getting the to the next generation of people who are highly into sharing experiences, who are who are highly into participating digitally. And and as I understand it, you've been really focused on Gen Z in this roughly last year that you that you've been here. How did your point of view about marketing specifically to that group of folks uh, help lead to to driving this whole initiative in the first place? Yeah, it's so interesting there. You know, think about Gen Z and for us that we take the 18 to 25 chunk of that Gen Z can go younger. But for us, we do 18 to 25. This is a generation that has grown up being social natives. They really they speak, they engage in content. So they are talking very visually right through whether that's through gifts, through emojis, 
video is everything to them. You can see that through the rise of TikTok, the fact that YouTube is their TV. So we knew just from a pure, like how they are interacting and engaging, even on Tinder, we see they use um, GIFs and emojis so much more than millennials do. So we knew whatever we did, we, we wanted it to be really visual, really story-led, really entertaining. <laughs> because again, this is a, a really savvy group of people. They know when they're being marketed to. And as long as it's an entertaining experience that's, that also helps them, says something about them, there's a, there's a little bit of a pass there. So not only did we want it to make it really visual, we also wanted to give this group a lot of control. Because again, this is a generation that grew up with cookie cutter algorithms and they hate labels. They hate how algorithm says, well, you're this type of person based on this. It's, we really wanted them to be able to control their experience by making choices that hopefully really matter to them. And then be able to really represent themselves very authentically on the background, even to the way we design Swipe Night, you only get seven seconds to make these choices because we wanted you to not overthink it. It should be like, really, what instinctively comes to mind first, because that's going to be the most authentic representation of how you really feel. And those things all fall out of what Gen Z is really looking for. I have to imagine that obviously Gen Z, very important in consuming these types of experiences, it's also very central to the whole swipe night thing, not just the limited amount of time to pick an option, but also to the time of week in which this is the Sunday night coveted spot. I'm watching the NFL and Tide, of course, is telling you it's not laundry night. Well, apparently for these people, it's not football night, it's Tinder night. But can you talk also about in the production of this, how you were able to swing Karina Evans, who of course has, has been directing a lot of Drake's music videos and very well connected there and in the music industry. How did you get her, a Gen Zer herself, to participate in putting this together? I'm going to start off that question by saying I love Karina Evans. I've been such a fangirl of her for several years. She's only 23, so I can only have been for that long. But like, we knew we wanted this. It's such an innovative platform. If you think about it, it's a very mobile first experience. It's interactive video. Very few people have actually done a lot in this space. So we we knew from the very get-go that we wanted someone who was of Gen Z, who not just was a studier of Gen Z, but truly was of the culture to kind of come in and really help put their stamp on this. And then if you look at the work that Karina has done with Drake, but also just with music in general, she's so steeped in culture her visual design or visual language is gorgeous. Um, and she's just this rising, rising star. We knew we wanted to have someone with her energy come in and really shape this. And she came in from the get-go and just had so many points of view on, on the script, how to make the choices work, how to really take something that's very creative, but also really technical. Like there is no playbook when you're doing something this innovative, like how you actually stitch together a choose your own adventure story through a, through a visual medium. You know, so many adults know that from a book form. When you actually have to do that through video, it's it's actually pretty technical. And she just has been punching above her weight on every single aspect. The other thing I would say with Tinder, we do a lot of really looking for like who is on the rise, whether that be influencers, whether that be our directors, you know, even the editor we chose from this is this amazing woman named Taylor who has just like done every cool music video that a 19 year old loves. <laughs> it's like, how do you get the people that we know Gen Z loves and admires already helping to shape our brand? In a lot of ways, it's a no brainer. You want those brains helping you craft it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, looking forward to the, to the rest of the month, all, all of the the interesting experiences, and I'm sure uh, new starts that uh, that this brings along with with Swipe Night. 
I want to go to uh, some of the in terms of the broader portfolio of, of initiatives that that Tinder has brought recently to market. You know, obviously Tinder U, as we discussed earlier, Swipe Night, that sort of festival mode uh, that you had spoken about before too. And to come back to an earlier topic uh, that we mentioned, we talk about in diversity and inclusion. Uh, how do you, as Tinder, you know, work to make that more than just, let's say talk i mean how do you truly encourage it um as what i would you know in many cases the number one place for digital dating how do you make sure that is a priority for the brand yeah when i think about it from a just a pure marketing standpoint then we can talk about the product itself um next i i'm similar to you i had this aversion to creating ads that talk about your values i really think that you need to um do versus say in these things. And so you'll think you'll see when you think about a brand like Tinder, we have, again, I think a, a really strong, um, diverse platform. So for us, we've done a lot around right to love, uh, whether that be things like the interracial emoji petition that we did um, last year, where we basically said, hey, there's actually no emojis to represent interracial couples. And we know, as we've been talking about, Gen Z speaks so visually. So it's like, there's no way to give them tools to be able to speak in the way that they speak, which is through emojis. And we know that dating is not a monochromatic experience. So how do we actually go, let's go and petition Unicode to get interracial emojis put onto every single phone. That is a thousand times more impactful than for us doing an ad saying, hey, this should be on there. Why isn't it on there? And so we did a petition and we had like 52,000 people sign it within like 36 hours. It was amazing. Took that to Unicode and six months later, we're able to actually get that approved. And in my mind, that is so much stronger because we're allowing our users to actually advocate on behalf of the things that they believe in. And we as Tinder are kind of bringing our power to that as well. We did a similar thing um, this year around World Pride. I don't know if you saw it, but... In New York, we put up this Tinder pride slide, which was, again, it's Tinder. It needs to be somewhat fun and a wink. It's like this 30-foot tall rainbow slide. And for every um, slide that people did, we gave money to support um, the HRC to help pass the Equality Act. And again, I would much rather put my money towards something like that um, than to create an ad about it. And that, again, we had, I think we ended up with like over 1 million hits to the HRC um, site and just again, so many people helping to donate Tinder itself as well, and that was a, a great way I think for us to talk about our values. Yeah, I would I would think so, and it's great to to know that through these values, it also opens up the opportunity for for these incredible experiences that uh, folks who perhaps use Tinder or who might be considering using Tinder are able to to get involved with and and to contribute to a cause that is beyond just, you know, obviously their use of a platform to to build a new relationship, but but truly to uh, bring diversity and inclusion uh, to a much bigger audience and, and with a much bigger conversation. So that's really, really interesting. The other thing we've done too, like when I first came into the job, it was right before the elections in November of 20, let's say uh, 2018 at that point. And it was just such a, a big election and one of the things we did too is like, we know we have a responsibility as a brand with having so many young people, you know, 50% of our base is 18 to 25. And that is the hardest group of people to get out and vote. And so for us, even, you know, it's not Tinder's place to choose sides on these things, but for us to help encourage people to get out 
and vote. We do so much stuff with Rock the Vote. We did a, a huge kind of push around just, you know, every single vote counts. Get out there, make yours, make yours heard. We did editorial around, like, what are the issues that matter for single people? And, I, again, I think that that's an interesting place for us as a brand to play just because we are enabling people to have their voice heard um, versus, again, making an ad about it. In terms of some of the things that you're looking forward to next and that Tinder is looking to perhaps develop next, new experiences, things like that, maybe the next swipe night, who knows? What are you looking forward to for Tinder, let's say over the next year since you've been here for a year already? I mean, what do you look forward to to bring a better experience and a more authentic experience to the folks uh, that use Tinder every day? I'm looking so forward to taking the learnings that we have from Swipe Night and figuring out how to just supercharge those. So if you think about what Swipe Night is doing, it's creating this really entertaining shared experience that helps people match and have conversations. Um, I, I get so excited when I think about something like the Olympics coming up in 2020. Like, how do you truly help people not only engage with the Olympics, but engage with each other around this cultural moment that might be happening you know, how do you take it to music? How do you think about taking some of the things that it probably won't be in the format of Swipe Nights? We'll keep innovating. We'll keep trying other things. But how do you take some of those learnings that we've had and keep applying it to these cultural moments to to create um, to create conversation? That's what gets me most excited. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure that, uh, that that will manifest itself in many different ways. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, also looking forward to the Olympics, by the way. Um, so, to one, so to one additional and, and final forward-looking question, and this is not so much Tinder-specific, but this is more Jenny-specific. It's advice-based. And that's because a lot of the folks who listen into this show are marketers or um, you know, students of marketing. But, but either way, looking to build brands themselves, whether they're sole proprietors or whether they work at huge organizations, always looking to become more authentic. And I, and I use that word, but but genuinely, it's just looking to build better relationships with the folks uh, who are consuming the goods and services they provide. And you've been working with Tinder now for a year and obviously have had a storied career. I'm curious, what would you give as advice to those folks who are looking to build those more authentic brands based on your experiences? Well, I'll speak again to this just from a personal standpoint, the brands that I admire have a sense of irreverence about them and are truth tellers. And when a brand can do something like that, and it's so easy for all of us to talk about Nike, but I'm going to because Nike will forever be stamped in my soul. <laughs> but when I think you get brands who stand up on behalf of their users, or you get someone who um, doesn't just always paint the pretty clean picture, but paints the truth about something, I, I think you just, you want to believe in them and you want to follow them. And I think about that from a Tinder standpoint, like I think dating can be super magical. Dating can also be hard. You know, it's like, how do we actually tell the the real stories and then be able to help people have a great experience? That to me is much more true than painting a, a pretty shiny ad-like object picture about it. And I would, that's the advice that I would give for everyone is find the truth and tell that. We'll find the truth indeed. And, and it's been great to hear about everything that, that Tinder has been doing uh, so far. Of course, with Swipe Night, looking forward uh, to the next year with you at the helm. And, and for this and for so much else, uh, Jenny Campbell from Tinder, thanks very much for joining the show today. Thank you so much, Adam. This was great. 
Thank you so much to Jenny Campbell for joining the show today. It was great to hear about everything Tinder's done over the past year, and best of luck to everything in the next year. If you like what you're hearing on Authentic Influence, a few ways you can reach out or stay in touch. The first is to just subscribe to this show wherever you listen, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever. We also have a website in which you can catch all of this, podcast.thevoom.co. And you can catch us on LinkedIn, Authentic Influence Podcast, or you can reach out to me, Adam Connor, on the platform. Happy to chat with you there. If there are things that you want to know about who's coming up, who you'd like to hear from, sorts of questions you'd like to hear these CMOs and other founders answer, would be happy to uh, chat with you and make the show better for you. Also, if you really like it, feel free to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, because on a public forum, that is helpful too. I'll be back again in just a few days with another fantastic CMO and their perspective on how they are making their brand more authentic each and every day. And until then, and for Authentic Influence, I have been Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.